The Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Whip. Chapter 12, Fishing with Worms. As I sat on the steps to wait for Sean, I bundled up the flyaway images of awkward reunions and stilted conversations, shoving them to the back of my mind. Instead, I focused my energies on trying to piece together the newspaper snippet I'd just discovered, with the stuff I already knew about you. Altogether, it still didn't add up to much. But one thing was obvious. Whoever you were, whatever you'd done, you were clearly up to a lot more than dropping beats for the weekend crowd in Ibiza. Not that I was too surprised by anything at this point. It would have come as more of a shock to discover you were just a record producer and Mr Bell was actually a high-end limousine driver. Thinking of Mr Bell, I popped Liam Bell, driver, chauffeur, into Google and waited to see what came up. The results were loading onto the page when Sean plopped down beside me. I quickly cleared my screen. Hi, said Sean. He was smiling. At least that's what he was trying to do. But nerves had got the better of him. His eyes had a petrified possum sheen to them and his jaw was twitching like a dropped lizard tail. Guilt washed over me as my brain did a fast replay of all the recent times where I'd let Sean down. Blown him off. Laughed when Brian or the twins made fun of him. Hi, I said, fixating on the lunchbox in my lap. There was a long pause. We shiggled our bums on the concrete, pretending to study the cars as they drove by. Sandwiches for lunch then, he said, eventually. Yep. Undeterred, Sean pressed on. Yeah, I've got banana sandwiches for mine. Only my sandwich is just a plain bread sandwich with some butter on for the moment. I have to pack the banana separately. It goes brown during the day if you spread it on in the morning. It smells and tastes funny then, so I don't like it. I used to pack a bread knife in my lunchbox so I could cut it. But you're not allowed to bring bread knives to school now, even though they're pretty blunt. Not even the plastic ones, so I use a paddle stick instead. You know, like the one the doctor puts on your tongue when he makes you say, ah. My new dad, I mean, my mum's new husband, is a dentist, so we get them for free. They're clean though, haven't been used before. They're a bit messy still, with the bananas that is, don't cut as cleanly as a knife. But I guess in these times, you just have to make do. Sean sighed heavily, then took a deep breath. I'd forgotten he talked like that. A projectile stream of random thoughts. You could try to smuggle one in, I said. A knife? He hesitated, uncertain. Rule flouting wasn't his style. I knew about your new dad, I said, to change the subject. You know, that your stepdad is Dr. Dean. Oh. Sean's face flushed. I wasn't sure you noticed stuff like that anymore. I have spies everywhere, I said widening and narrowing my eyes in a way I fancied was enigmatic. I see everything. 
I was just mucking around, of course. But I had noticed the changes in Sean. That he didn't smell like B.O. anymore. That he was no longer overcompensating for a heavily pungent past by drowning himself in sickly body spray. That ever so gradually, he was losing the fight-or-flight tension that always held such a tight grip over his scrawny body. There was no doubt about it. Sean's dad leaving was the best thing that happened to him. It's funny, don't you think, that the very thing that threw a Molotov cocktail into our lives was an open door of fresh possibilities for Sean's family? Sean shuffled in a little closer. He gestured at the last remnants of my lunch, a parcel of cling-wrapped biscuits. What's on your Ivitas? Vegemite or butter? Both. Sean smiled self-consciously. Ah, that's the best combo. Then without even asking, he reached into my lunchbox, removed the plastic wrap on the Rivitas and squeezed. A tiny mustard-coloured head poked out from one of the biscuit holes. I coughed, choking on the crust of my sandwich. Are you kidding? What are we? Ten years old? But I was kind of smiling. It was just so... random. Ooh, look here, Sean said in a tiny worm voice, his mouth barely moving. If it ain't the fabulous Miss Jones! Oh my God, I said, trying not to snort bro crumbs. Stop now, please! Sean squeezed gently and a second head popped up. Come on then, give us a twirl, said a slightly cockney worm voice. Show us what all the bother's about. I bit down on my bottom lip, trying to appear stern, but my teeth kept escaping into a grin. Sean squeezed harder, and a whole bunch of worm heads emerged from the biscuit holes, little twists of yellow and brown. There was a chorus of tiny oohs and ahs. Sean! Sean stared down at his feet and smiled. Then a more purposeful expression came over him. The air between us shifted, suddenly heavy. The cockney worm voice said to the first, Ask her. Ask me what? I was still smiling, but an uncertain flutter started up in my belly. Why don't we hang out anymore? Sean asked in his normal voice. I stopped smiling. Sean blurted out in a rush. I mean, I don't understand. I get why you're friends with Danny. He's great, funny and all that. But Brian... I cut him off. Brian's nicer than you think. Lies! Lies! My brain screamed. But you have to understand, Dad. I had enough problems already. You and your Maleficent machine, for one. I wasn't in the market for a social shake-up. I looked Sean in the eyes and said, Without Brian? Well, you don't need me to rehash all that stuff with Kim. You saw it for yourself. I know, but the twins, they were just as bad. How can you bring yourself to be friends with them after what they did? I didn't need the reminder. I still dream about it sometimes. Kim and the twins. That day in the toilets. 
Sometimes when I wake up, I can still taste the algal stench of toilet water on my tongue, feel the clumpy texture of paper in my mouth. My heart started to race, hands moving with exaggerated precision as I packed up my lunchbox. There's one thing you ought to know about me, Dad. When I get backed into a corner, I come out mean. Worry about your own friends, why don't you? My fingers stopped packing, pausing for emphasis. Oh, that's right. You don't have any. A red flush swept over Sean's face. His rivita-poised fingers drooped like a wilting flower. The panicked animal sensation in my stomach kicked wildly. Why did I have to say stuff like that? And because I wanted to erase the words I'd just said, shake them from both of our heads like they never happened, I did what I did next. I lunged at the Rivita sandwich in his hands and took an almighty bite. Crunch. I bit down, shards of crisp bread flying everywhere. It was a massacre. At least half the little worms were devoured. Those remaining were smooshed into paste. Sean stared at me, wide-eyed, like he'd just got caught between a tiger and its prey. I smiled, sheepishly, revealing tooth and seed and cracker. Sorry. He didn't reply, but I could see all the questions running through his head, all the whys, the how-could-yous. All the things I couldn't begin to know how to answer once his mouth caught up to his brain and the words started to tumble out. Fortunately, Fiona chose that moment to emerge from the library and I was saved from further unpacking the strange, symbiotic relationship I'd developed with Brian and the twins. How are my two passengers getting along? Fiona flipped the sign on the library glass doors to closed and twisted her key in the lock. Ready for more fun school times? I raised my eyebrows at Sean and an understanding passed between us. We were both trapped animals in our own way. <laughs>